Good morning and welcome once again. According to my notes here, this is season four, episode 36, September 11th, 2022. Hard to believe that this many years has passed since this tragic event took place on this day. And, uh, you know, there's many theories about what happened upon this day when it happened so many years ago. And there's many families that still face the devastating loss where they've lost their loved ones during this time. And it's something that's changed us as people, as Americans, um, evermore. And no matter what the, the truth is, the cause, it just goes to show you that there is much evil in the world. That there is things that are after us and that we need God. I was, uh, you know, we live in a time now where everybody can can share their opinion right now I'm, I'm proof of it where whether you're listening to me live or you're listening to me through one of the streaming services and through a podcast you know you can create a podcast you can create a video you can put your opinion out there and uh we, we hide behind that because we can do so many things through the safety of our electronic devices because we don't have to face anything head-on there's no imminent danger. And of course, there's always cyberbullying, which I, I have to chuckle every time I hear that because I am smart enough to be able to turn off a device. But I must digress. So we have our opinion. But you know, sometimes it's good because I like to listen to some of the things that, that people come out, especially when we get a little God into the mix. And uh, I can see how people are thinking. And one thing it does is it helps me direct where we need to go as we move forward. That we need to teach what things are people not understanding. And um, so I saw this little video clip and wife showed me. And it was a, a woman and she was ranting on about the evilness of the world and talking about how we have these people in the charge that are doing all these heinous things and how that, you know, we're, we're controlled by that. They make the laws. We have to abide by it, whether we agree with it, whether it's right, whether it's even constitutional. And if we don't, there are consequences. They will lock us away. They will find us. They will do all these different things. You know, we are under their rule. Our homes, whether you've paid it off, or not, if you do not pay their taxes that they implement, they will take it from you. You know, you never really truly own anything. It's always theirs to take. You know, and she talked about the, the poisons that they've, they put in our products that we consume. And, and everything that she said was absolutely true. But that wasn't the, the moral of her story. It was the fact is that you know, these people are all going to face a judgment. Like we all are. We are going to face a judgment. We are going to, this world is temporary. We are going to reside in either heaven or hell. 
And if we look at the fruits of these people, now we can't judge the hearts. Only God can do that. Only ourselves know our own hearts, and God knows our hearts. No one else knows the heart of anyone others. But we can look at clues to help make determinations about the possibility of a condition of a heart because of what the fruits of a person come from the heart. And we see if they're putting out a lot of negative fruits, we're probably looking at a pretty bad heart. And the worst of fruits, the worst the condition of the heart. You know, this is a, a generalization. God tells us this. So we, uh, we can look at that and we see a lot of horrible, horrible fruits being produced. And we have to be concerned about the natures of these hearts. And she was talking about that, you know, they're going to go to, to hell. And then on the flip side, she said, well, what if, you know, we don't get this religion thing right. We pick the wrong religion. We don't interpret a Bible verse right. Then we're going to face the same situation. We're going to have an eternity in hell. And that's what piqued my attention. Because this is a prime example of ignorance of God's word. Ignorance of who God is. Because let me tell you folks, I'm spitting facts right here now, that we can't accidentally go to hell. We're not going to make a mistake and go to hell. If you wind up there, it is by your choice. These people described in the first half of this conversation are making a choice to be evil. They're making a choice to follow Satan. They are making a choice to do these things to cause harm to their fellow man for their own personal gain and well-being. Choices. If you do not know what God's word says, if you do not know how to secure your place in heaven, that is not God's fault. That is not an accident. That is your choice. So what if I chose the wrong religion? What if I grew up in the wrong religion? Yes, these things happen because, you know, it's taken me 40 plus years to develop all the knowledge that I have now. And I wish so much that I could have a do-over and I could take this knowledge that I possess and go back and redo so many things in my life because I know so much more now. But that's not how life works. We do things through trial and error and we grow and we try to gain knowledge and we learn from our mistakes and we move forward. God gives us his word. And there has been countless stories about people that grew up in a certain religion because their parents were in that religion. That's where, you know, it was convenient. That's the way it came up. But yet, at some point, something changed. They realized a 
bit of truth. They saw it in the Word of God. They realized it from the Holy Spirit, from internally. They say, wait, something's not right. And I encourage each and every one of you, as you are, are we listening to the Word of God, to keep your Bible with you. To use it, to study it, to verify it. Don't take my word that it is truth. Go to the source and verify that it is a truth. The word tells us there are many false prophets, false teachers. Some have a motive. Some are trying to do self-gain or push a point. Some of them are just ignorant to what the truth is. They have grew up in this system that teaches us to do things a certain way. Some of them are bound by tradition, bound by political pressure. There's all these different things on there that we have to cut through the bull and find out what the truth is. My wife was talking the other day and the uh, subject of, of Jesus came up and they was talking about some things and fellow asked a question. And uh, people around, that they, uh, they couldn't answer it. And my wife popped up and she uh, spit out the answer just like it was coming straight from the word. Kudos to her. And uh, the man was a little taken back from it because he said, wow, you know. And she said, not only do you know, he said, you must have spent some time in a place that teaches the truth and not one of these feel-good places. Oh, when I heard that, it just touched my heart a little bit, you know. It touched my heart a little bit because that's what we're trying to do here. Never intended to make you feel good. Not my job. My job is to teach the truth. That's what I want to do. I want to teach the truth. And uh, she said, yes, yes, my, my, uh, my husband's a pastor. And I was like, yep, made me feel good. Made me feel good. Them little rewards, you know. You know, so, uh, but yeah, the truth. But it's because she heard it, she studies it, and it's there when you need it. How many of you today, how many times have you cracked your Bible open this week? How many times have you read from the Word of God? I'm looking out amongst this crowd here and it's mighty thin, mighty thin. I look at the stats and the, the digital numbers are going down. And I don't think it's me. We're doing the same thing we've been doing. We're teaching the Word of God. We're teaching the truth. You can verify it in the black and white and the red. Red's the words of Jesus, in case you don't know. And, but yet we got other things that we'd, we'd rather do. Comes down to choices. If you sit in a place and you're not receiving the truth, it's not real hard to be able to look and to see what that truth is. And then you can need to make a change. 
make a change. Because church isn't about where your friends go, where your family goes. Church isn't about social gatherings where you can have the most opportunities, where you can hobnob with important people. It's about having a relationship with God. It's about learning. It's about building on that relationship. That's what it's about. Sometimes we have to make choices. We have to break away and we have to go where we need to. We can be fed properly. It's about choices. We need to take the time to look at God's Word to build that relationship, to talk with Him, to let Him lead us and guide us. So if you do not know where you're going to spend eternity, then that is on you. People ask, how do you know that your religion is the one? Because I look into the Word of God and I follow it as closely to His Word as possible. And to have all these different versions of the Bible. How do we know that yours is the right one? Because we can look at some of these and we can look at some of these new modern translations and we look at the ones that's taken things out and added stuff in. You know what the word says not to do. We know, hey, we can disqualify those. And I'm, I'm a King James person because it's, it's hard to read. They don't use the simpler words, but yet it's close. As we can get into an English version of the word of God. We look at what did Jesus teach? That's our example. That's what we should be doing. That's what our church should look like. Not all this glimmer and glam and fun and games. It can be fun, but it's got to be functional. We have a good time here, I like to think. But it's got to be functional. Got to be functional. We have choices to make. Genesis 6 9 through 22. God comes and he, uh, he talks to, to Noah. The world's in a bad place. We got sons of God coming down and Mating with the daughters of man and making all kinds of abominations, and we got to do something about it. God tells Noah, You're going to have to build this boat for me, an ark. I got all the plans right here. This is how you do it. And this is what we're going to put in it. And you gather up you and your family, and you put them in here, and we're going to, it's going to float away. What do we do whenever God tells us to do something? 
Because God talks to us individually. And He talked to us through His Word. He's constantly telling us that we need to do things. We have to make choices. Are we going to follow that? Are we going to follow what what makes us comfortable? Because imagine the ridicule that Noah took. They come walking by and like, look at this fool. He's out here building a boat in the middle of the desert. There is no no water as far as you can see. Where are you going to sail this thing? How are you going to get it there? It makes no sense. And I would imagine that a faith-filled person like Noah that found favor with God would take the opportunity to want to save souls and tell them about, this is what my God said. This is what's going to happen. Come help me. Come with me. Repent. And they would say, ha, you're a fool. I got more important things to do. I want to live my own life. I want to follow my own rules. There ain't no one going to tell me what to do. Just like we do today, right? Just like we do today. We keep saying that Jesus is coming back. That we're going to have to face judgment for all of our sins. But somehow we don't seem to believe it or we don't care. Because we keep living in the world. Twelve and one, Genesis. And now the Lord said unto Abram, Get out from thy country, from thy kindred, from thy father's house to a land that I will show thee. Imagine that. God tells you, I want you to leave everything behind that you have ever known. And I want you to get up and go. But I'm not going to give you the destination yet. You can't get on TripAdvisor. You can't read the reviews. You can't look at the pictures. You just have to go. How many of us are willing to take that leap when God tells us to to do something? When God tells us to do something, are we willing willing to have that faith that God's got our best interest in mind. Let's go back. You know, uh, so what happened? Noah followed his instructions. He built that boat on the dry land, sitting there, and he did everything that God told him to do. And what happened? Him and his family got to live and repopulate the world. Well, that worked out pretty well for him, didn't it? That in the end, it was better to overcome people's opinions, what people think of us, to ignore the ridicule, the laughter, the being made fun of, and to follow God. Same thing. Abram left everything behind, but he made it to the promised land. He became the father of many nations. We are reading about him. We are talking about him today because 
He decided to push away the world, push away his own self, and to follow God. What are we willing to give up? Now, many people do not want to follow God. It's not that they don't want to believe or, or these type of things. They don't want to follow God because they don't want to have to follow the rules. So they say. They don't want to have to be oppressed by this ruler above us. That they want to make their own choices. They want to live their own way. So we're going to ignore him and we're just going to set that aside, not believe that and do things our way. Now, the thing is, God's not wanting to take anything from us that's good for us. The only thing he wants to remove out of our lives is what is bad for us. You know, in the world that we live in today, we talk about all the things that we want to do. We're trying to you know, save our fellow man. So let's take vaccinations. Let's put on, on face masks. Let's you know, make the world a better place. We're going to go green. We're going to buy an electric car. We're going to do all these things. But yet we don't follow the word of God. And if you look at Jesus and you look at everything he done and you look at his principles and what he tells us to do, that is how you treat people. Jesus is the ultimate people person. He's fair. He's loving. And if we just followed everything, we have nothing to lose. There's no downside to Jesus. But yet we don't, we don't want to follow that. We don't want to, we don't want to do that. There's no, there's no catch. You know, no matter, whatever comes out today, whatever new law, new change, whatever thing they want to push, there's always opposition and there's questions, lots and lots of questions that nobody wants to answer. Because when we do, it kind of punches holes in the whole process. You know, we said we, everybody needs an electric car. I say, well, what about the power grid? Well, what about it? We don't need to talk about no power grid because that takes away from what we want to do. Okay, everybody needs to be vaccinated. But wait, people are still getting sick even though they're vaccinated. Well, we don't want to talk about that. We just want to... Get our point across. What happened to the flu? Oh, but we don't need to talk about that either because we got to get our point across. But see, Jesus is completely transparent. You know, he's up there being tempted by Satan and he don't have to shuffle around. He just simply goes to the word of God and starts rattling off scriptures. 
I can't do this. Why? Because of this. I'm going to get, no, because of this. No, because of this. Facts. But everything we got, we got the questions. And then we have all these things and they call it conspiracy theories. But it's questions that need to be answered and it's issues that need to be dealt with because we're talking about all of us. We're talking about our future. And we need to be able to have these questions answered because there is doubt and there is questions and there is corruption If we want to get in better health, we have to make up our minds to eat better, exercise, to do these things that takes discipline. And you're having to give up some things. You're having to take some time out of your day to apply to exercise, to take that walk, to jump on that treadmill to lift those weights. We have to take the time out of our day. So that means we have to take that time and do something else. Maybe that means waking up a little earlier. Maybe that means watching a little less TV. Maybe that means, you know, staying up a little bit later. Something we have to shift some time around and make some time. And then on top of that now, we have to deal with, you know, some sore muscles. We have to have a little bit of discomfort. And maybe we might... And acquire some more expenses because we have we have to need some equipment to to work out with some new clothes or some shoes. Maybe we need to have a gym membership, so we may have to quit buying as much coffee or to you know something of that nature. We have to give up. We have to shift things around a little bit. But those are choices we make. And the same thing, we're going to have to give up the chips and the cookies, the things that we like, and start eating some more broccoli. And some more green beans so we can get healthier. So we're, we're giving up some things by choice. We're making that choice to consciously do so. But we're getting a return because we are getting stronger. We feel better. We look better. It's a worthy investment. God's just asking us to do the same thing here. He's telling us what we need to do. And if we do so, we are going to improve our quality of life. But are you willing to to do that? Our... Youth today is more depressed, more unhappy, more confused than they ever have been. And one of the reasons for that is, is because of all the bombardments of information that we get. The news, social media, everything now is instant. We have it right there all the time. 
We didn't have all this whenever I was growing up. And we had lived in a much different world. And we didn't have near as many issues with ourselves, with each other. But now it's being fed to us, pumped into us, pumped into our houses, pumped into our faces. All these opinions of how we need to be. And if we don't do it that way, then somehow we're the bad guys, the bad people. The current president tells us that if you don't think a certain way, if you support a certain party, then you are not part of us and you're bad. We have these... Professionals with degrees and titles, and they'll tell us that we need to let our children choose their gender. That we can see examples from very early on that if a child plays with the, the wrong kind of toy, if they put on the wrong kind of clothes, then they're already showing signs of not meeting the gender that they was assigned at birth. That is ludicrous. It's because a child doesn't know. And it's our job as parents to teach them. To teach them. So, if we don't redirect, if we don't show them the way that that's not how a little boy acts, no, this is not how a little girl acts, we can't leave them up to their own devices because they do not know. They have not been taught. They tell us that we have to wait to a certain age to be able to consent to being intimate. Because our brains have not developed till that point to be able to make that choice. We have to wait to a certain age to buy alcohol, to buy tobacco, to buy paint, to buy glue, because our brains have not developed yet to make good choices, and we might take these things and do bad things with them. So we have to wait to a certain age. So it's ludicrous to think that a, a child, a little child, can make the decision about who they are. Because they haven't had a chance to grow and to be taught. But here we go, and we have the media that says, well, if you do this, you're, you're a bad parent because you're suppressing that child and you're forcing them to be something that they're not. So who do we want to believe? Do we want to believe someone that's squawking to us from the, the television 
someone that's standing up on Capitol Hill because they think they're better and smarter than all of us, some celebrity that the only reason you know who they are because they're on TV, someone is writing an article, some doctor, are we going to believe God, the creator of the universe, our heavenly father? Can't have it both ways. We have to make choices. If your life can become inherently better, could you uh, delete that social media account? Can you do away with it? Can you turn off the news and not turn it back on? Can you live in the moment in harmony with your family and with God? Can we turn off all that outside access? We keep getting more and more reports about how, yes, we were told that we need to consensor this and consensor that, and they would get together and decide what stories need to be consensored and why it's so important. We can't trust any of this stuff anymore. Only thing we can trust is the Word of God. We are being bombarded with the idea that we need to destroy the family unit. We need to destroy what a woman is, what a man is, and what a family is. We are keep getting people being put appointed to positions that do not fit the role of how a man should look and act or how a woman should look and act. Because they're trying to put it out there in front of us and show us, oh, this is okay. They're trying to tell our kids that this is okay when God clearly says that it is not. You know, there was a time when we all worked together as a family unit. You know, we might be a blacksmith. We might be a carpenter. We might grow crops. And the man would be there because he worked and lived in the same place. And, and the woman, his wife, was, was there with him. And we see today that we, well, we, we don't want to be housemakers anymore. We don't have these things. But the woman's role is and always has been so important. It may not be the same, but it's not any less as equal. So just because we do things differently and we have different roles to fulfill don't mean any one of them is less important. She would keep the house going. She would manage the household issues, the people working around the house, the finances. She had great importance. She was that managing system. And the children would be there. They would be taught from home. And they would watch 
this mother work, this father work, and how they work together as a team, and they would learn, and they would be able to see these household roles. Even when we started implemented things you know, like structured school, it was for things for practical things, to be able to, to do math. You know, math is important. We need to be able to count, add and subtract, to be able to read and write. But, you know, it wasn't the primary focus. This was something that we would do. And then when it come time to gather the crops, we'd go out and we'd gather the crops. We had priorities, we had focus, and we had practicality. We decided that it's better for man to work for someone else, and we built these big industries and corporations, and we opened up assembly lines, and we took the man away. And then we decided that, well, we need these kids, we need them, we need them in school. Because we need to be teaching the, this next generation to come up and to be able to, to work for us too. So we got to be able to get them where they can stay put for hours at a time. They need to be able to sit still, to follow instructions, to do what we tell them to do. And to listen to our ideas of things and how we want them to think. How many things today are you using from the things we learned in school? You know, that class I took on balancing a checkbook was real handy or how to file your taxes. Oh, wait, we don't have those. You know, a, a class on basic repair for the home and auto would be, oh, wait, we don't have those. We don't have anything that provides any real value to our life. But, you know, I did have that one class at one time where we solved these math problems and that it drew a cool line on the calculator and then the answer didn't look any better than the problem and I didn't really solve anything because it's nothing practical. That's the kind of stuff they want us to learn. But then that wasn't enough too. See, we have half the, the force out there. We have all the men and we're collecting all their taxes and we have the children occupied. So now we need to get the other half. We can put these women to work too. Let's pull them out of the house. So we, we preach equality and feminism and we try to disgrade what they were doing and make it look less than. If someone says that they're a, a stay-at-home mom, they're a homemaker, they're scared to say it because they might face judgment for it, like it's some kind of a, a cop-out or some kind of a less-than position when it has importance and equality.
I can tell you, I felt that roll for a while. It's a lot to keep up with. And what we've done is we've taken everything away from that core and we just spread ourselves way too thin and we're not benefiting nothing from it. We don't like our position at work. We can't have enough time for the family and everybody is suffering because it's not part of God's plan. Division. God tells us that we need to come together, together, together. And everywhere we look, Satan tries to divide us. Let's take the family, let's break it up. Let's break up the image of what it's supposed to look like. So we have children now that don't see what dad should be doing, don't see what mom should be doing, just seeing what they they get during their, their process. And then children, what they do, they watch and they learn and they seek our praise and our attention. So we get indoctrinated that if we're bad parents, if we try to give them any kind of direction, so we see them playing with the wrong toys. We see him dressing the wrong way and we say, oh, look at you. You're so cute. You're so advanced. And we think we've created something grand, something that's made an example for the world. There's a show that my wife likes to watch and it features this mother and a and a son and I'm going to say that because that is what he is and he wants to transition and she's just so excited about it because now she's got the daughter that she never had and she's doing all of these things together when in reality it should have been, why? Why do you feel? And I'm not saying that we don't have issues. But every time that we have an issue, maybe we should get to the, the core of what it is instead of trying to just reward it And to go with it, maybe we should say, whoa, what makes you feel that way? Why, why do you think that is? Because as long as we continue to support these ideas, and if you take, and now everything, and that's why it's so concerning about why Disney and these other corporations are putting so much of this stuff in our youth programming. Because what happens is our kids see it and they see it as being normal. And if there's no one there to say, no, that's not right. And if we don't monitor it and we don't direct it, then they just assume it's okay. 
And we see that, that praise factor on it. And if we don't cor correct it or we praise it and support it, we are giving them the wrong idea. And they're just going to go with it. It's not that they want to do it. It's not that they're interested. It's just they received that dopamine rush from saying, Yay, good for you. Look at you dressed up like you're not supposed to be. They don't tell you about all of the, the cases where people have made these permanent changes and then later on regretted it because they're going through a phase. You know, phases still exist. You know, you go out and you... You go out and watch a movie... When Smokey and the Bandit, whenever you haven't seen it, Burt Reynolds drives around in a 77 Trans Am. And because of that movie, Trans Am sales skyrocketed. In the 2000s, there was a show called Sons of Anarchy, featured a motorcycle club. They rode Harley Davidson's. That show caused the sale of, of Harley-Davidson's to skyrocket and even saved them from bankruptcy because it turned their profit margins around so much. And these are adults that are being influenced. Imagine how easy it is to influence a child. They have this new game show called Generation Gap. And at the end... They take a toddler, and they have two choices. One's usually a new car, and then some kind of a toy. And the toddler is allowed to pick either prize that it wants. And guess one, which one they go with. It's all about choices. Who are we going to let influence us? Is it going to be God, or is it going to be the world? Make your choice.